your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. Congratulations to the Lakers. For the sixth time in program history, they are the national champions. Grand Valley has its third national championship in four years. Grand Valley State celebrating a national championship in Division II. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Anchor Up Podcast, the last one in the calendar year 2020. Today is Thursday, December 17th, and we've got a men's basketball preview coming up. Head coach Rick Wesley joining the program a little bit later on. There was also the GLIAC rankings and preseason coaches poll for men's basketball was announced today, so we'll talk about that. All of that and more getting you set for 2021 here on the Anchor Up Podcast. It's all brought to you by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GVSU Athletics. Your health, our passion. My name is Jake Levy, joined as always by my co-host Tim Knott. And Tim, the last one of 2020. Well, it's been a great run here of podcasts, uh, Jake. Um, you know, this is number, I'd have to go back through. I think this is number 16. Is it 16? Gosh, I was going to say 14 or 15. So it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we, you know, we have been able to put a podcast out and we have had no current Grand Valley sports to talk about. I know it. I mean, in terms of the games and the events and, you know, when you're, when you're doing podcasts and, and, you're, and you're talking about the specific university, um, you know, you normally have that content. We haven't had that content. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of great guests that, that, that we've had on, uh, former coaches, former administrators, former student athletes, some current coaches and administrators and, and, and uh, student athletes. And it's been a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to 2021. We can get the event schedule going. Yeah, you know, 2020 has also all been kind of about just making the best out of what you have. And I think this podcast, especially for someone like you, who spent more than two decades here at Grand Valley State, obviously you'd rather be watching live sporting events here in 2020. But the chance to go down memory lane, kind of reconnect with some old coaches, some old student athletes, that's had to be so fun for you. It really has. It's, you know, just talking to them, talking to them about the former uh, games and what their four or five years here and some situations six years here, <laughs> uh, seven years. But uh, the coaches, administrators, Tim Selgo, um, Jerry Baltus, the current coach, and our current coaches, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, Alton Voss was a great, great interview that we did. And, uh, again, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming year, t- 2021, when we can incorporate current student-athletes while they're playing in the game situation. We talk about events, talk about upcoming events that we have going on and getting back to our normal routine. And the first event on Grand Valley's campus as it's slated right now, January 9th, Grand Valley State men's basketball to take on Saginaw Valley, the Battle of the Valleys, to get things started off that game at 1 p.m. on that Saturday. You can watch it at watchgvsn.com or the Watch GVSN app. And speaking of GLIAC men's basketball, the big news this week, the GLIAC preseason polls and awards were announced on Wednesday, and the Lakers picked to win the GLIAC South Division, Tim. Well, again, you know, and, and we could kind of, you know, the end of last year stunk. I mean, that team it's not getting selected to the NCAA tournament, very deserving. Um, should have been one of the eight teams invited to that regional tournament. Lots been talked about, but there's no situation, there's no thought process that anyone could come up with, no answer of why they weren't selected. Uh, they did everything they needed to do to get into the NCAA tournament, and that's your goal when the season starts. Get in the tournament, give yourself a chance, win a couple games, maybe win a regional tournament, go to the Elite Eight. They were not afforded that opportunity, and that stung for those kids and coaches. Um, it stung for us as, as, as you were doing radio, as an administration. I mean, you see the hard work those kids put in, and you're fourth going into the final week. You win two games in the regional tournament. You think, you know, Look, we, we cemented our spot. It's almost like Alabama and Notre Dame right now uh, in the college football playoff. You know, they're first and second. They've almost cemented their spots. That's what Laker fans kind of felt like they had done. As long as nobody throws a shoe, exactly. everything should be fine, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, uh, that, is, is that one of the craziest penalties you've ever seen? Uh, it's this up is a there. podcast. We can talk about stuff. Uh, we like can that. talk about whatever we want. I mean, I mean, yeah, that was up there as one of the uh, the strangest <laughs> plays that has ever had. Oh, you, know, you make a nice gosh. play, a defense that's really struggled all year for Florida, makes a 
finally makes a stop. Makes a stop. They, they do what they had to do to win the, the ball game, back, put themselves the game. in position to sniff the college football playoff. I don't think they were beating Alabama this week anyway in the SEC championship game, but now something would yeah. have been on the line a heck of a lot more had they won that game and put themselves in a position to get into the college football playoff. But, you know, sometimes things happen, I guess. Quick toss, yeah. But anyways, I mean, you know, they deserve that, and, and that has stung this entire summer. They didn't get really a chance to even get any closure for that. Right. You know, normally, like uh, Coach talks about, you know, you get you back into workouts and you kind of be able to close it. They were able to close the door on that. I mean, so I know they're looking forward to hitting the court. Uh, some great honors, you know, some preseason honors for some kids. The team picked to win the uh, the South Division. So I'm excited to see them get back on the court. And that's an outstanding team with some newcomers, some, some, uh, some guys that have experience. It'll be fun to watch them play. Yeah, and you got a team like Davenport in the Gleak South that's got some really nice transfer pieces that have come in. Burt's done a great job reloading that team virtually year in and year out ever since they joined the Gleak four years ago now. And then Saginaw Valley, I mean, Miles Ballou is yeah. outstanding. If you haven't seen this young man play, he was an NABC All-American just like Jake Van Tubergen was last year. So two All-Americans going at it in the very first game of the 2021 season. We finally get going here. That Saginaw team's really good. Of course, Davenport's good. Ashland good. The Gleak South is tough, it is. and Grand Valley was picked to win it, so that's definitely a testament to how good people think they can be this it year. It is. A lot of great pieces coming back, you know, uh, Christian Negron and uh, Jake Ventuberkin, uh, along with a host of, of guys that really kind of, uh, Isaac Gassman, and um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see them get back on the court. They've worked so hard, and they've, they've gone through so much in terms of the end of last year, the pandemic, throughout the entire summer. They were practicing, and they weren't. And they were practicing. They were and individual workouts. I will say this: those guys worked their butt off on the outdoor courts by the tennis courts this summer, playing, getting back to like grassroots basketball, playing on the outdoor courts, the blacktop, getting out there, getting up shots. DeLeon Brown, that guy was out there all summer. He was out there into December when we had the weather, uh, getting up shots. So yeah. excited and, to see those guys play. And not only are you happy for them because they've worked so hard, but, you know, and Rick says this, and, you know, sometimes you see it's a little bit cliche, but this is really a great group of guys, yeah, too, that it come is. together. You've got a perfect mix almost of some transfer pieces that have bought in and some of those four-year guys. You talk about, like, a Stephen Lloyd, who's such a good culture mm-hmm. guy. You talk about Jake Van Tubergen, who not only leads by example, but also is one of the best players in the conference, picked to be the preseason player of the year in the conference. It's such a great blend of experience experience, talent, that this team has a chance in a year that, while the eligibility doesn't count, there is still an NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. There's still everything to play for. And by the way, if you check out our YouTube page, Jake Van Tubergen did an interview with me on Wednesday after being named GLIAC Player of the Year for the preseason, and he said he doesn't care. All he cares about is winning a national championship, and that's the focus it, these guys it, have. It, it is, and, and, and that's their singular focus from the end of last year. They, that, that stings in, in their mind. And let, as you said earlier, chip on the shoulder – and uh, I think you're going to see them play with that. The Anchor Up podcast is brought to you in part by NovaCare. Discover the power of physical therapy with the official physical therapy provider of GVSU Athletics by PNC Bank, the official bank of GVSU Athletics, PNC Bank, for the achiever in you. It's also brought to you by Earhart Construction, the official construction company of the Grand Valley Sports Network, and by Homewood Suites Grand Rapids. Enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. Well, we've talked about that men's basketball team. It's certainly going to be exciting. We've thrown this number around so much, Tim, 308 days between sporting events. And the fact that Grand Valley didn't even participate in the last one that was on that home floor, when you see the guys run out there on that floor, when you see that ball go up in the air, when you see live sports again, I don't know how I'm going to feel, but I I know I'm excited for it. It just almost feels surreal that it's this close now. Well, yeah, and, you know, it's it's, (laughs) – we've done so much work in anticipation for this. Uh, You know, when – just in terms of getting things done and getting ready for this. And, you know, we thought we were going to maybe have a game last Sunday, and then we didn't. And and uh, so now we're f- singular focus is, you know, that they're trying to play some road games, maybe some uh, exhibitions or maybe games that count. Um, but in terms of home events, you know, our focus is at uh, f- opening weekend of basketball. And uh, just looking forward to it, looking forward to getting back in the mix, doing stats and doing the radio broadcast for yourself. Uh, we're we're excited about the, the the transition we've made in terms of our video content and uh, and building up our our entire uh, uh, 
uh, video streaming, and uh, we're just ex excited to get going. Yeah, and it bears reminding that while you can't have fans in the stands this year, of course you can watch on the pay-per-view site, www.watchgvsn.com, or the GVSN app. You can also follow on social media at GVSU Basketball or at GVSU WBB for women's basketball. All the sports have their individual accounts that will give you some inside access. So if you can't watch your games, you can always watch it on the stream and get that behind-the-scenes stuff with the social media apps as well. So make sure you're following along with all of that. It's time now for our Lakers spotlight brought to us by Ziegler Automotive. This week's Lakers senior spotlight is Jacob Batani, a six-time USTF CCCA All-American in the pole vault and two-time GLIAC champion. Batani finished fifth at Nationals two years ago and had qualified last season before the cancellation of the championships at the indoor level. The Almont, Michigan native is also a two-time state champion in his high school days for Almont High School. So that is our Lakers spotlight late senior of the week, Jacob Batani, brought to us by Ziegler Automotive. And that's another one too, Tim. You know, track and field, swimming and diving also starting up in January. I mean, it's coming quick. You look at that second weekend, the January 15th through the 17th, you've got men's basketball, or sorry, women's basketball at home, men's basketball on the road, swimming and diving at home for two meets, and track and field hosting an event as well. So here come four different sports all underway at once as that second weekend of the year. Well, the crazy thing about that, and I know Coach Baltz is going to send his kids home, the swimming and diving crew is staying here because they're, they're a lot of international kids. Oh, yeah. So they're going to be staying here and training throughout this whole Christmas break, uh, uh, holiday break rather that is, and, you know, working through it. Uh, in, in preparation for that, those meets in January and then leading into the conference meets, which will be held at the Holland uh, Aquatic Center and then the NCAA Championships. So those individuals, those kids have been, been swimming this entire time, putting in the yards, putting in the time, and then they're going to continue to do that through the holiday break. School doesn't start till the 19th of January, so they're going to work all the way through that, and we're going to have some home events, some track and field in, in there as well. They'll They'll start things up, swimming and diving and basketball. Yeah, and that's a great peg to talk about what's coming up in uh, you know January with men's basketball hitting the floor. You know, We talk about everything we've been doing to prepare and how everyone's doing all the work they can to get ready for events. That's exactly what these student-athletes, these coaches are doing as well. So we should see some really prepared athletes, coaches, teams when things get rolling in January. I can't wait to see what it has. Although, as Rick Wesley said, sometimes it feels like a half a step forward and five steps yeah, back. Yeah. We are slowly but surely inching towards the start of the college sports season. And that means it's time to inch closer to Rick Wesley's interview. All of our guest interviews presented by Alliance Beverage. Coors Light reminding you to drink responsibly. It's distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. Okay, here he is, the 17th year head coach of the Grand Valley State men's basketball team, Rick Wesley. And with that, we welcome on the GBSU men's basketball head coach, Rick Wesley, going into his 17th year, a year unlike any other coach as we get ready for it coming up on January 9th. First of all, how you doing? Uh, hanging in there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's strange. Every day is a little bit strange. Every day is a little bit more of a challenge, but, uh, you know, our team's been pretty resilient thus far. We've got good leadership and, uh, we, we just keep, keep moving forward. That's kind of our, our motto, just, uh, you know, be ready for whatever lies ahead. Yeah, breaking news this week, the uh, GVSU men's basketball team picked to finish first in the GLIAC South Division. Jake Van Tubergen, senior, was picked to be the GLIAC preseason player of the year. First coach, what does that mean to you? Well, it's a, that's a nice honor for Jake, uh, kind of reflective of what he's done here throughout his career. He's an outstanding player, been a great uh, member of our team. Um, you know, big expectations for him, it kind of puts a big, X on his chest, but it probably was there anyway. So uh, hopefully at the end of the year, we'll, we'll feel like he's uh, deserving of that. And even more, he certainly got the ability. I think he's got uh, additional uh, determination and focus. Uh, so uh, yeah, a great honor, you know, good uh, testament to the hard work he's put in. And then for you guys to be picked to win the GLIAC South, you won the division last year, but you, know, you lose your starting backcourt from a year ago and you come into this year now. A lot of those pieces are back there. you got a veteran team, but a lot of exciting newcomers as well. Give us a general gist of uh, how your team looks and what you've seen from them so far. <laughs> well, that's really – that's a tough question because, uh, man, I, it's hard being here, uh, you know, getting into – deep into December. It's really hard to say how our team lo as, it looks – because we really don't know. Uh, we've uh, gone through such a, a crazy time 
the fall where normally you have some time for individual work, player development, uh, individual skills, and then you generally, uh, you know, work your way into team stuff. You know, we've had so many uh, ups and downs, disruptions, so on and so forth. We really have not had only but a couple days where we've really been able to do full team uh, live play type things which has really been tough for the new guys and, and tough for our coaches to get a feel for how the new guys are looking. I mean, those are the guys we really don't know. Uh, you know, Jordan Harris, who's an outstanding transfer for us from Adrian. We've got big hopes for him. Delion Brown, who set out last year. Um, those guys in particular, you know, just have not had much time, if any, with our veteran guys. So uh, they look good in individual work. Their attitude's been good. I think actually their conditioning is not too bad. Um, but that's the, that's the big question, and that's, that's something you can only get through full team practice and game opportunities. Coach, sometimes you kind of feel like in, in this weird time, uh, you take two steps forward, kind of one step back, back in a lot of times. Well, no question. Um, it, it's maybe even like a half step forward, five steps back, it feels like. <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, again, I mean, we, uh, we had last week where we had two straight days, we played five-on-five basketball. And before that, we, I think we'd only had one other day where we played five-on-five five basketball, which was the first time since last March, you know, March. Because, again, we didn't have all summer. We didn't have open gyms. We didn't have any of the things that we normally have. So, I mean, it has been really, really challenging and really strange in so many ways. Um, you, you know, you try as a coach, you, you try to – keep the energy going. You try to look on the bright side. The one positive part of it is I do have a great staff with coach Johnson, coach Wallace, coach McKinney. And I think those guys that in particular have done a great job with our guys, with the skill development, individual work. We've had way, way, way more time to do that than we normally have. So I do think some guys have gotten better and perhaps put a few more, uh, you know, tools in their toolkit, um, so that if we ever get the opportunity to go to work, maybe we'll perform at a higher level. 2020 obviously hasn't been fun for really anybody with this global pandemic, but even before the pandemic hit and the NCAA tournament got shut down, you know, we go back to that final regional ranking where you guys were fourth, seemed like you did everything you needed to do to get into the NCAA tournament. Obviously when the rankings came out, you were not a part of that field. We saw how your guys reacted to it on social media. We saw how, you know, the chip on the shoulder, but then they had to sit around. They didn't even get to go right back to work because of this global pandemic. They had to kind of sit around and stew on it. So how is that kind of factored into the mental side, maybe the, hunger behind your guys your coaching staff etc yeah that's a good question I you know I'm sure our guys still feel uh the pain the sting of uh of a really uh, just terrible uh injustice that was done to our team last year I, I don't think there's anybody that can look at it um honestly uh and subjectively and, and say that we didn't deserve to get an NCAA bid in fact I thought we had a chance to get a pretty decent seed and there's I've not ever I've yet to hear any explanation why that didn't happen that made any sense at all now the fact that the shutdown occurred almost the next week in some ways might have helped us a little bit you know so we didn't have to watch the national tournament it was kind of like well we didn't get in but nobody else really got in either uh so you know that not that I wish that upon the, the deserving teams that did get a bid, but uh, in some ways that probably helped us a little bit to, to just deal with that disappointment. Um, but then, like you say, uh, always in the spring, no matter really how your season ends, whether you suffer through something we suffer through or you get an NCAA bid and perhaps you get beat in the second round, um, you know, anything short of a national championship, there's, there's always – uh, ways to, to turn the finish into motivation for the next season. So I don't think our guys are, are lacking in that. It's just more lacking in the opportunity uh, to do something about, it. you know, to find a venue this spring and summer was difficult. You know, so many gyms were shut down. Guys had to, you know, sneak into a gym by themselves in the shadow of darkness at two in the morning or, or an outdoor court or, you know, uh, I mean, some guys actually have gyms that are, or, you know, nice baskets set up at their home. Um, 
again, it wasn't like anything we, they've ever been through before. So it, it, it has been tough. And, and perhaps that's helped in, during the time this fall we've had individual work because their, their focus and their effort has been pretty outstanding. Let's take a look at this team that's coming in this season pick to win the GLIAC South. As we mentioned, we talked about Jake. He's the preseason GLIAC player of the year, but he's not the only guy in your front court that was really impressive last year. Christian Negron in his first year over from Loyola was awesome. How has his offseason been? What do you expect for him as his second year in the program comes this year? Yeah, I can't say enough nice things about Christian. He's such a, you know, first and foremost, a wonderful kid and just a, a real team leader for us, was a real uh vocal presence for us this summer as all the things that happened, uh, you know, the social uh, activism, so on and so forth. He's a guy that always has a, a good take on things and guys really respect his opinion. He's worked very hard. Um, he's very comfortable in our program now. He, he's, he's just outstanding. I think he's headed for a great year. He, he uh, has got more confidence. I think now that he's gotten a year under his belt where he's been a, a kind of a primetime player for us. His, his outside shot looks great. He's just being more aggressive. So, um, you know, Jake is certainly outstanding. I think Christian is right there with him. And then, you know, our other uh, returning starter, uh, Isaac Gassman, kind of the same boat. I think he really, you know, both these guys were guys that came from outstanding programs, Missouri Valley Conference places, uh, teams. So they'd been used to playing a high level, but they hadn't been the guys that were playing the 25 to 30 minutes every night. And now that they both have experienced that, I think it's, it's just pushed their confidence to another place. They, and mentally and physically, uh, I think they're both in a great place. A player that the people of Grand Rapids know, uh, but Laker fans might not, Colorado transfer, DeLeon Brown. Talk about his, his development over the past year as well. Yeah, well, Dell was with us last year, so you know he's not a completely new guy. And last year in practice, certainly he showed uh, uh, that he's a tremendous athlete. He's a, uh, he's a great defender, uh, really tough on the ball. He's got the ability to get to the basket, and again, shot the ball very well for us all last year in practice. So you know he he's got three years in the Big Twelve Conference where he's he got uh, you know meaningful minutes for Colorado. He's worked hard. He's got himself in, in good shape physically. And um, yeah, again, I mean, we, we think he's got a chance to be an outstanding player. It gives us a little bit different element in the backcourt in terms of his um, maybe his athleticism and his ability to attack, attack the basket from the wing position, but it goes along well with the other guys we've got. Coach Stephen Lloyd, you've always called him as your coach's guy. He can kind of play the one through five. He's so mentally aware of what's going on in basically every situation. I feel like in a year like this, it's so crucial to have a guy like him on your team. How's he been? Well, you know, every, every uh, you hope all your veteran guys uh, get to that point where they have great understanding about your program. And he, and he certainly is that kind of guy. He's kind of our our Don Kelly, you know, he can play any position, anytime, anywhere. You know, if the coaches aren't there, hey, Steve, here, here's what we need to do. He can pretty much run practice. Um, you know, he's got a great attitude. He's a self-starter. Uh, again, he's, he's got a great voice in the locker room. Guys, everybody respects his opinion. He's well thought out. I always tell him he's, we got to push him out in the real world. We need him to run for senator or governor or something. He's that kind of guy. And um, so, no, he's super valuable, whether he plays one minute or plays no minutes, what he does for our program. And from a coach's standpoint, it's comforting to know you've got a guy that in the heat of the battle, I can yell, hey, Steve, get in there. And literally, as he's running on the floor, I can hey, play the point, play the five spot, play the four, and it won't matter. And he'll know what to do and how to execute and uh, – Again, that doesn't happen with your new guys. That takes a guy who's been in a lot of different situations, but he, he's a fireman. He's always ready to go. Yeah, the senior class is going to be so fun to watch, and they've got some really impressive young guys to kind of help along as well. And a couple of guys that came on late last year for you, Coach, Austin Braun, who had an outstanding game against Ashland in the GLIAC quarterfinals, then Marius Grizoulis. I mean, I remember him from that Purdue Northwest game where both Jake and Christian were in pretty big foul trouble with their plays. If he stepped up, had a double-double, I think it was, to help you guys pull out that really tough win against a good Purdue Northwest team. But those were two guys that came on great at the end of last year. Talk about some of those freshmen that kind of have now taken that next step here after a year in your program. Yeah, those, those two guys in particular uh, have come back and uh, 
are, are I think, much improved. You know, Austin, uh, A.B., as we call him, uh, you know, really a scrappy, you know, player. He, he, he got off to a pretty good start last year. He had a concussion early part of the year, and that was really – that was really too bad because I think he, because the, the guys that were playing ahead of him, uh, you know, Jeremiah Ferguson had some uh, health issues there too. And there probably would have been an opportunity there for him early in the year to get in there. And, you know, looking back on now, my guess is he would have done pretty well, but, uh, but he hung in there and, and kept, you know, working, kept a great attitude and kind of toward the end of the year, uh, you know, kind of got, got his opportunity and did well. And he's definitely built upon that. Uh, he's come back physically. He's in much better shape, uh, much more athletic, has a greater understanding, which is, you know, at the point guard position is so important. I mean, just to know, you know, where everybody's supposed to be. And so he's one of our, our, our you know, really, he probably is our best playmaker, best passer. And uh, I think he's going to have an outstanding season. You know, he has some limitations um, because of size, but then again, sometimes that becomes his advantage. He can get into tight spaces and he can uh, create opportunities that other guys can't and his, and his feistiness and his quickness and his competitive spirit, uh, man, at times he's the biggest guy on the floor. And then Marius, you know, six foot 11. So he stands out as it is, but like we said, you know, he, as that it's kind of next level, those guys up front, you know, you know Blake Verbeek comes in as well. You have some nice little options there at the front line with Jake and Christian mixed in as well. Yeah. Marius is a guy I feel bad. You know, we haven't had chances to play, uh, you know, five on five because Marius's strength really comes into play when we play the game. You know, he, he understands how to play the game. His, uh, a big skill he has is between his ears. His brain is part of his, a big part of his game. He's a thinking man's a uh, big guy, a little bit like, uh, uh, is it Nikola Jokic? Is it Nikola? Is that his name? The guy from Denver, the big guy. You know, he's kind of that kind of guy. He's kind of a playmaking big guy, excellent passer. He's done a tremendous job with his body. He lost a lot of uh, baby fat this summer up there in the UP, throwing logs around and doing different stuff. <laughs> he really, he really did. He really committed himself to uh, fitness and conditioning. And so he's actually a lot smaller and leaner than he was. And now we're trying to build him back up, but. But his uh, his energy and his uh, he's kind of a, a big guy who's your energizer bu- bunny type player and uh, and now he's he's ready to go this this season uh, in that it's a season that uh, doesn't count toward your you know your four year eligibility is such a plus for him because he's very young he didn't turn eighteen until last spring so it becomes the best of everything for him it's like a redshirt year that doesn't count so he gets the benefit of playing and yet it does extend his calendar or his clock which will i think long term be a great thing for him yes but i mean i remember you guys talking last year contemplating whether or not you do redshirt him because of you know his age and what the development that he could go through that first year but i think you're pretty happy to have him on the active roster when it's all said and done a year ago and ha- having a bunch of post players I think is going to be big for you coach this year you always talk about how tough of a grind the GLIAC is and now you turn into playing the same team back-to-back days week in and week out how does that impact especially you know how big and physical the teams in the GLIAC are how is that going to impact this season in your mind well not only that but just the 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 world of COVID, you know, I mean, you don't know from week to week who's going to go down. I wish, you know, we need a roster of about 30 guys to make sure we've got, you know, five or six that can show up every week. And I think that's going to be a real challenge. You know, obviously the back to back, um, you know, some games are tougher than others, but I, I can certainly think of games we've had in previous years where we played on a Thursday and we spent the entire day Friday you know, in cold water whirlpools, getting massages, stretching, you know, doing everything we could to get ready for Saturday. So now not even having that, that day off, uh, there's no telling what might happen. Somebody might twist an ankle. Somebody might play 35 minutes. Somebody might be under the weather. So I don't think it's possible to have too many guys. And so, you know, we do have a, a, a bit of a, uh, uh, certainly a plus there with our frontline guys with you know Marius and Sean Cobb is a returning guy who redshirted last year just just a freshman this year and you know really a, a strong rebounder great instincts to go get the ball kind of got some thickness to him got to work on getting his uh, conditioning a little bit better but uh, we're, we're, we think he's got a good chance and then 
Um, you mentioned Blake uh, Verbeek, who transferred from Holy Cross. He's a 6'11 guy who's an outstanding, um, you know, shooter, smart player, a little bit like Marius, a little bit different, similar, but you know, there's some differences there. And because of the rules, he's eligible now to play. Normally he would have to sit out this year. Well, he, he would, he could have played. We were going to redshirt him, but now again, a little bit like Marius, it gives him the extra year. So uh, we can keep him in the fold. And then uh, Ethan Alderink is an outstanding freshman from uh, uh, Holland Christian who, uh, you know, well-coached in high school, really a hardworking kid, can kind of fit into a lot of different uh, places for us. So, you know, we do have some options there. And certainly before it's all over, we'll need them all. Coach, you touched on the, the back-to-back without any time in between. The, what do you do uh, philosophy-wise in terms of going into that? Do you change a lot? Do you, do you you know, try to not change a lot? Kind of get a read of the uh, – of the previous next game? Yeah, it's going it, to, you know, I've never, never done it. You know, I've been in back-to-back tournaments, you know, and things like that, but to do it for a whole season, I've never done it before. I don't know that it'll be way different. You, typically when we get into second semester, when we play, um, we play Thursday, Saturday, you know, Monday's our big work day, kind of like puts last week to, to rest, start, you know, building our game plan, on Monday, we usually lift weights in addition to practice. So that's a long day, Mondays. Tuesdays uh, usually is our day to really you know, get our game plan in, scouting reports, so on and so forth. Wednesday, it's more of a lighter day, kind of wrap it up and, and be ready to go. Um, play Thursday. And then, again, Friday a lot of times is almost a, a bit of a, a walkthrough Maybe guys who didn't play a lot of minutes on Thursday, maybe you get them a little bit of live action. So I don't know that it can change much. I think I think it's going to be heavy early in the week, Monday, Tuesday, and you taper off. Um, yeah, just just not as much recovery time. I know a lot of teams, a lot of conferences, that's what they always do. I don't think it's probably the best thing for players' health, but, I mean – this year there's nothing that makes a lot of sense and we're just doing the best we can trying to give them uh, a chance to have a meaningful experience and play as many games as possible and at the same time keeping them safe speaking of keeping them safe you know the GLIAC came out with their mandate and of course we probably knew this before they even said it officially no fans will be in the stands during games this year and of course you know we have the great Laker marching band uh, the pep band here at at the field house and great atmosphere. How in your mind have you done, or what are you thinking about doing to try to you know, help the guys bring their own juice on those game days when you don't have the packed student section, the big fans, you know, we've led the conference attendance basically year in and year out. So I've missed that. It's certainly going to be an element that uh, will hurt the Lakers just as much as anybody else. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's uh, of all the things we've worried about, that's probably the, you know, one of the least things we've worried about, but I think, you know, most of the time with your good teams, you know, one of the reasons they're good is they are committed to each other. They they have energy. They have enthusiasm. So, you know, in the past, the teams we've had, they're good teams. They, they, they uh, you know, they support each other. And sometimes we're in uh, environments where it is just us. Maybe it's us against, you know, a big crowd. Maybe it's us versus nobody. And we have to generate our own energy. So, um, you know, that's something we talk about all the time. It's you got to have that fire in your belly. And it certainly helps to know that there's people there supporting you and, you, and to hear uh, the roar of the crowd and, you know, your parents or whoever it is. Um, but I, I think if you're a competitor and you're an athlete, I mean, that's not, that's not the single thing that drives you. It's just another piece to the puzzle. So I know our marketing people will do a good job and create um, a sense of excitement, whether it's music or whatever we do. Uh, but I think our guys, I mean, it's been so there's they're so excited to play now. I don't I don't think you know, we could play on the moon and I think we'll be jumping for joy. Well, especially without that gravity out there, it'd be jumping forever. But yeah, we might really jumping for joy and jumping a little higher. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned teams in the past because before we let you get out of here, we do have to go through some segments and talk about some great moments and great teams in Laker history. And since we have you on today, we figured we go the men's basketball route and have your insight on it. You've been here for 16 going on 17 years. So you've seen a lot. So we're going to start with our moment of the week. The Randy Katterberg agency brings it to us and Tim, turn that over to you. Well, coach, the uh, 2006, seven season uh, was a memorable one uh, with an elite eight appearance. 
To start that season off, though, well, we were able to play Michigan State at Van Andel Arena that year. Uh, it's, it's kind of a homecoming for Drew Knight, so Michigan State kind of felt like coming back and, and letting Drew. I think he was a freshman that year, freshman or sophomore. Uh, but Lakers lost 71-67. Uh, but that was a very memorable moment for Laker basketball, just playing Michigan State in that venue. What do you, uh, what do you remember about that game? Well, it was, it was a tremendous night for uh, not only Grand Valley, but I just think for West Michigan and college basketball in general, you know, to bring Michigan State to Grand Rapids uh, and, you know, the outstanding program they had. There was just a lot of excitement about that. It was a great thing for Van Andel. You know, downtown Grand Rapids was, was hopping. We had a huge crowd. You know, you, you think it's going to go well, but, man, it went even better than we had hoped for. So a packed house and uh, – so, you know, even before the game started, it was a success. And then the fact that we had a great group of guys and we went out there and we really battled and really played hard and, and had a competitive team and really took it right down to the wire. You know, if the coach would have made a couple better decisions on guarding that side ball screen they kept running there in the second half, you know, we would have a better chance. But, you know, we battled and we, we took it right down to the wire and, and – uh, I mean, it was just a win-win for everybody, really an exciting night. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that we haven't been able to find a way uh, to do more things with Van Andel. That's a real challenge. But I, I do think there's an appetite, um, you know, somewhere at some point down the road in the Grand Rapids to play some college games there. What did you learn about the team that night in terms of – you knew you had an outstanding team returning. Uh, Jason Jamison, Kalista Zuku, Mike Hall was back, along with Kyle Carhart and – a host of players, but what you learn and, and how did that propel you on to that outstanding season, which you made the run to the elite eight? Well, you know, that was, a, that was an interesting time because we all kind of grew together. My, I grew as a coach and we had pretty much the same team. It felt like when I got here, we had, you know, a lot of young guys and certainly uh, having Callistus who, you know, arguably the best player to ever play in our conference, certainly at Grand Valley. And Jason Jamerson, those guys were freshmen my first year. We really grew together. And then we added, you know, we had some great leadership uh, early with, you know, Courtney James, Marcus Wallace, Mike Hall, some of those guys. And then we added, you know, LJ Kilgore, Dan Redder, you know. Uh, and then we had some, you know, guys, Kyle Carhart, Jeff Grouser, Joel Weimer. I mean, all the guys we had, it was such a good group of guys. So by the time that year rolled around, we had been together for a couple years. And we had a lot of confidence. And we knew we had a good group. And we weren't afraid. And so, you know, going into that game, we were excited. And we thought we were going to have a chance. And uh, they certainly showed. And I don't remember now. Exactly. I have to go back and look, but either right before that game or right after that game, we beat uh, Detroit Mercy. So it wasn't like, and that wasn't even like a big deal. You know, we thought, well, we're better than they are. Uh, but the challenge is to get those opportunities on a neutral floor. You know, get those opportunities. Usually, this place something like Michigan State, you got to go into their lion's den, which is really tough. But uh, but no, that was. So what we learned is, you know, we were who we thought we were. And we came out of that with a lot of confidence and uh, it certainly carried on through the rest of the season. Yeah, and that season is our great team of the week brought to us by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan here for you now more than ever. Confidence comes with every card. Coach, you led your team to the first ever Elite Eight appearance in program history. That epic, epic overtime game with Barton. You know, you talk about who wound up going on to win the national championship after the half-court buzzer beater, by the way. So you talk about the confidence you guys gained from that season. Tell us a little bit about that year because Finley was really good. Ferris, you had some really good competition that year as well, but you guys had an outstanding year. Yeah, for a couple of years there, you know, our, our stretch of games uh, with Finley in particular were really, you know, you know, instant D2 classics or whatever you want to call them. You know, we had a great group and they had a great group with uh, uh, Bostic and Pfeiffer and, you know, all the players that they had. I really I miss them being in the league. I really loved, you know, I didn't have much success there, but I love going to Finley, their people, their administrators, their were great. Their fans were great, you know, and I think they felt the same way. It was really a, you know, it was a win-win. We really had a, a great rivalry there. And, uh, and so we kept, you know, playing them all the time in the finals of the conference tournament. It seemed like we'd bump into them in the NCAA tournament and, and both our teams had, you know, had great success. So, 
uh, you know, those were, those were fun years. And, and again, the guys in particular, it, it, things change over the years, but Callistus and Jason and LJ, Courtney, all those guys, uh, Justin Ringler was part of that group. Uh, they were just, you know, kind of unspoiled and maybe the last of the, uh, you know, non-AAU type guys. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, there's guys that play AAU and then there's AAU guys. They, they weren't AAU guys. You know, they were pretty unsung, un, uh, uh, you know, not unexposed guys, but, you know, they really uh, appreciated the opportunity they had and really gave it their all and they really bonded together and they decided as a group they wanted to do something special. And, uh, and they worked hard to achieve that goal. It was exciting to see them accomplish things. And then Callistus, of course, went on to have that great professional career overseas. I know he came back last year to talk to your program, and he's still one of the guys that's heavily involved. Something that's so important to you, Coach, is keeping your alumni involved in this program. And what does it mean to you to continue to see him? You had a great turnout at the golf outing this year. Uh, you know, your, your guys just remain so involved in your program. That's something that's so special to you. Yeah, well, you know, like we we talk about, I know other coaches say it too, but we, even in recruiting, it's not a four-year decision. It's a, you know, 40-year lifetime decision. And I really feel like as a coach, once they've jumped on board with us, um, you know, they're going to become a part of my life for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I hate to even say it now, I got some guys that are pretty old guys going back to my first few years, uh, you know, at Iowa State. So, you know, we're a relationship type program. That's kind of who I am. That's who the coaches that I've hired are. You know, we try to do the very best job we can to help guide them along, you know, the life's road while they're here. And then we continue to try to be uh, available to them in whatever role they want once they leave here, whether it's as mentors or whether it's friends or and hopefully they'll do the same for us and, and, you know, be great, great alums for us. We encourage them to continue to come back, uh, be part of our program. And, uh, and I always feel like they are, whether they like it or not, they continue to be part, you know, the things that we did with that team we talked about, you know, it, it, it's in a weird kind of way. We are all continue to be connected. And, uh, you know, the players don't always know that until or get that until maybe later on but we as coaches know every day there's things we do. Well, I do that because that worked for Calistus or we run that play because you know what, that we found that to be successful for Pete Trammell or, or something, you know? So it, it, it's all one big, uh, you know, uh, family in a, in a weird kind of way. I'm sure those guys love watching it when some of the younger iterations of themselves running those same plays. And speaking of younger iterations, we'll have one of them starting on January 9th when you guys host Saginaw Valley. Coach, I know this number is wild. 308 days between home events at Grand Valley State. The last was the GLIAC Men's Basketball Tournament Championship. And now you guys hit the floor on that Saturday for the first one in 308 days. We can't wait. I know you're excited as well. I'm sure we'll talk to you as the season progresses, but best of luck in preparations. Good luck that day. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks for your time. Okay, thank you, and happy holidays, everybody. That interview with head coach Rick Wesley brought to you by Alliance Beverage. Coors Light reminding you to drink responsibly, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. The Anchor Up podcast is also brought to you in part by Uccellos, where great food and sports come together by DTE Energy. Know your own power by Mervine Beverage. Drink responsibly and by Fox Motors. Another great conversation with Coach Wesley. You know, he's always so insightful about his guys. And I love, you know, we talked about it towards the end of that interview, Tim, but it really does ring true. You see it at all the the alumni events. You see it through all the fans that come to the games when they can. The way that the old players, the alumni in this team are so invested in this program even to this day. Well, he'll, t- he'll tell you. And during the recruiting process, he treats us like a marriage. You're, yeah. you're, you're making the vow to each other when you're recruiting a student, at high school student athlete or a junior college student athlete. He talks about marriage and, hey, we're going to be married basically. I mean, and, and, and he wants them to be a part of the family and, and to, to, he wants to nurture them and, be, and watch them uh, mature and, and progress towards their degree. And then after life, he wants to be a part of their family as well and have them come, be, 
come back to the program and playing golf outings, come to alumni events. And that, and that's how he truly loves each guy that has come through this program. And he cares about them. He cares about their well-being. And it's evident in talking to him, and it's, it's evident just in, in the entire program and, and the process they go through. I mean, the way that he basically rattled off the entire 2006-2007 roster exactly. without even blinking yes. an eye was pretty impressive. Yes. So he knows exactly who everybody is and how they're all fit into his career here at Grand Valley, a very long career, over 300 wins, the second most wins by any coach at Grand Valley State. And, you know, he, he had that miracle run back in 2019 that, you know, uh, that's my first real tie, taste of the uh, the postseason runs with Grand Valley State men's basketball. But you kind of saw the flashes of it when they had that improbable run as the seven seed to win the conference tournament. That was so fun. And, you know, of course, you know, Rick going through some personal stuff during it as well. It was so great to see the emotion that he, the passion that he had that had kind of, it really it seemed like it really was what helped him a lot to be a part of that yeah. basketball team, and you just see how much he cares. Well, his whole family was a part of it, and, and that's how he treats us as a family. And, you know, I go back, it was going to his 17th year, and it doesn't seem like it's been 17 years. When I think back and I of Calista Suzuku, Jason Jamerson, L.J. Kilgore, and those guys back in the early part of his tenure here, um, it seems like yesterday because those guys come back. Right. And we see those guys, and they have stayed in shape, and they can still play basketball. And uh, it, watch the, during the alumni events when the uh, alumni will play the veterans, and you see L.J. Kilgore, he doesn't want to get embarrassed out there. He <laughs> is playing his butt off. Yeah, it uh, matters to those guys. Zuku, Jason Jamerson, those guys can, you know, they can still play. And uh, they may not be able to play a 40-minute game, but they can get out there in their spurts. And uh, it's, it's just fun. Great group of guys, great alumni base. And uh, Rick has done a great job of nurturing that program. And that program gets back at it on January 9th. Once again, looking forward to that. Before we get out of here and get into the holiday break, you know, the college football playoff is right around the corner. Tim, I want to get your prediction. I, th- I think, you know, with what transpired last week, it kind of took some of the guesswork yeah. out of it. You know, you had some really good theories that we could have delved into if there were some different situations to run out. But as it stands now, when it's all said and done, who do you see as the four in the college football playoff? Well, Based on not predicting this weekend's ball, I think you're going to see Alabama and Notre Dame in regardless of what happens this weekend. Yeah, I think they can even lose and get in. Um, now, if you were to pick favorites, probably Alabama's you know, a favorite over Florida, they get in. Um, the Clem- Clemson uh, is favored over Notre Dame. So I see Clemson getting in. Notre Dame, I think, is in. They've done their work in terms of their wins. And that last slide, Ohio State plays Northwestern. Uh, I think Ohio State wins, and the, then they're in. So... Um, I don't really foresee any surprises. I think that's kind of the way it's going to go. And it's a quality Final Four. I mean, you're talking, depending on who's playing who, those are some great matchups. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for that those semifinal games. I'm excited for that ACC championship as well. When yeah, you got Notre Dame and Clemson going at it again, that first game was awesome. Now you add Trevor Lawrence into the mix. And you know, I found it interesting that a lot of TV outlets and a lot of media outlets in general were leaning on Coach Brian Kelly's time here at Grand Valley State yep. with some of those you know, rematches with Saginaw Valley and some of those playing a team for the second time in a, champ- in a playoff format and how he kind of has some experience there with Grand Valley. Well, yeah, and uh, actually we, we heard from ESPN this week and – they wanted some <clears throat> information and some pictures and video uh, as to those matchups back in 2001, 2003 that, beat, that Brian was involved in. In 2001, uh, Grand Valley State won the opener uh, 38-7 to over Saginaw Valley. Return game of the playoffs at Grand Valley. Grand Valley was undefeated. However, Kurt Ains was not playing. He was injured the week before. And, uh, severe knee injury against Bloomsburg right before the end of the first half. Grand Valley State revamp or Brian Kelly rather, revamps his offense. In one week, Ryan Brady, the current head coach at Saginaw Valley State, along with Todd Wojciechowski, uh, were a, t- a dual tandem. Uh, w- when Wojo was in the game, we were going to throw the ball. When Brady was in the game, we were going to run the triple option, which in one week that was thought of. And you went from PK. a pro-style I mean, spread offense with it, Kurt Ains yeah, to running yes. the triple option in the playoffs. Yes, and but we still had David Kirkus, and that was key. Uh, outstanding defense, Grand Valley State won that game 33-30. Went on to the national championship, lost 17 14. In 2003, is a little bit reversed. Cullen Finnerty's quarterback, he was injured in the first half. Uh, Second All Valley State won that game at Grand Valley. In the return matchup, the Lakers won that 10 3 matchup when Scott Mackey picked off a pass, ran it back 52 yards for a touchdown, the only touchdown of the game. Lakers win 10 3 and route to the national championship. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of these individuals in, in South Bend were thought, you know, BK's going to, you know, he's going to pull. 
pull things from those games. And it was just fun talking to some individuals from Irish Illustrated and, and, and some ESPN uh, talent in terms of uh, kind of what went on back then. And, and it really, they probably were overthinking a little bit too much when they were talking about the return matchup. They were like, well, it seemed like Saginaw really, really kind of got your number. And I said, well, no, Kurt Ains didn't play. <laughs> Right. That, that's what got our number. Kurt Ains, the best player in the country. When you're missing a Harlan Hill finalist, that's uh, going to be a little finalist. tough to um, uh, replace. In the, in the first game, we had 669 yards total offense. In the second game, you only had 382. Well, yeah, Kurt was pretty good. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, and then – so it's, it's just interesting, the narrative that they want to take and, and they're, they're trying to get to, and it really wasn't that tough. Kurt Ains didn't dress that game. That was the difference. Well, maybe you'll have to watch some pregame coverage and some of those games as well to see if Grand Valley State old footage and old Tim Knott knowledge makes its way into those broadcasts when we see Clemson and Notre Dame play this weekend. Of course, best of luck to BK, the, the former Laker coach, as he tries to beat Clemson twice in one year. Boy, that'll be difficult. And, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence. Talk about the difference a quarterback can make. It goes the opposite way now. The quarterback on the other team didn't play last time. Yeah. This time he does step in. So it'll certainly be a uh, an interesting twist up to see Trevor Lawrence in there but it'll be an exciting one Tim before we get out of here what's your holiday plans and uh you know, how are you going to spend that week off just kind of staying at home uh ride the ride the bike work out uh we'll have the holiday uh the kids will be, the kids are home as they've been home and uh just kind of prepare for that uh first week of January when we're getting ready for a home contest that's right. I mean, it feels like we've had way too many days off as it is, but take a few days to rest and recharge and get ready to hit the ground running when 20 varsity sports come your way in the months between January and May. We're really looking forward to sports getting started. And the next time we talk to you on this podcast, they will be right around the corner. Our next episode should come out on January 7th, just a couple of days before the basketball season gets underway. So we hope you have a happy and safe holiday season and a happy new year and hopefully we get to join rejoin us next year in 2021 when the lakers are ready to play some sporting events we'll have a lot more to talk about when it rolls around we do appreciate you though hanging out with us and doing all this reminiscing over the past of uh, laker athletics it's been really fun for me as an outsider who's only been here for the last few years to learn all that the uh, history that goes into the rise of grand valley state and it's been really cool to see from that to where we are now and where we get to go when 2021 hits the ground running. So we will talk to you next year. Until then, have a great holiday season, everybody. Anchor Up Podcast presented by Metro Health. We'll talk to you in 2021. But until then, as always, Anchor Up.